Hey guys, this is Ben, the editor for the No Filler Nerds podcast, and I just wanted to let you know that this entire podcast contains spoilers from the man from nowhere. Enjoy the show. Hey everyone, and welcome to the No Filler Nerds. This is episode five. Uh, as usual, I am your host, Brandon. Uh, before we get started, let me welcome back our other MCs to the podcast. First off, we have our resident anime guy that will destroy your favorites list with the snap of his finger and will also perfectly balance your show watching experience. Jordan. Ohio. All right. Next, we have a stand user that was reincarnated onto this podcast and will solo level your outlook on geek culture, Anthony. Yo, I'm not too cool to play Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> All right. And next we have our resident secret agent that will cause a rebellion in the discussion from behind the scenes with his Gios and always has a full counter ready for your argument. Brandon. Yo, GTA fans are getting out of control. And finally, we have the man who has seen every timeline and knows all outcomes, but prefers to be the watcher and your narrator, your drunken dungeon master, me, the other Brandon, the cooler one. Damn. Okay, so um, as, so get started in our first topic. I don't think we talked about this at the end of the last podcast, but so Brandon actually made the, our topic this week, and we all watched The Man from Nowhere, which is a Korean action film. I'm actually going to turn that over to either Brandon or Anthony, whichever, whichever one, just to kind of give a synopsis of, of what the movie's about, and then, well, I'll probably give that to Brandon. Okay, so The Man from Nowhere is about a military guy who has a dark past and he's trying to live his own life and, you know, do his own thing, oppose and stay out of everybody's business. But then usual gangster stuff happens around the little town or city he operates in or lives in and tries to be a pawn shop owner and he has to get involved and things just escalate from one little thing to another. Okay. Well, so actually, yeah, I'll let Anthony start it off. Uh, what he liked, what he disliked, just kind of give a brief overview. Then we'll do Jordan, then me, then we'll have Amaker finish this off. Yeah. So I did a little bit of background searching on this movie after watching it. And this movie came out in 2010, and it was actually the highest grossing Korean movie in Korea for that year, which was kind of cool. And, you know, it's a decent action film with a better than average story. I was actually interested in the story and things that were going on. Brandon men mentioned that he was a, a military guy, which is kind of a spoiler. You don't really learn that he's a military guy until like an hour into the movie. But at the same time, I don't think they even mentioned his name for the first time until like 45 minutes into the movie. So he was just known as Mr for for you know the first 40 minutes of the movie so uh, you know unreluctantly befriends this next door neighbor little girl who mother is you know a heroin addict and running shit just to get her fix and you know she's treated the little girl's treated poorly and everything and so that kind of connection with like you know lack of better term a father figure because she didn't really have any male presence in her life or anybody that was really trying to protect her and that's kind of what he was to her. And then, you know, with that kind of relationship, it kind of hits home as a, you know, a father of a daughter, right? So I really enjoyed their connection. He was very cold to her at first. And once he realized that she could actually be lost, because at some point she gets 
mixed up in in the shenanigans of the underworld. Yeah, the Korean mafia underworld, whatever that may be. I'm not really sure what they considered themselves in the movie, but one thing that I will say is that some of the some of the action scenes were very well shot. There was one part where he was inside of a building and there was a part where the camera cut to him and his decision of where to run and then from that point on it was one camera shot. And so it was like show, showed him and then circled around and showed like his potential exits and then showed him running towards one of the exits to then jump through a window and he was on the second story and the camera followed him through the busted window out to the ground as he like jumped two stories down and landed and tucked and rolled. And I thought that was like, I, I rewound it and I was like, oh, that was kind of cool how they shot that like it made it it was like all one one camera shot so i felt like the the cinematography was pretty good and one thing that i one more thing that i i I wanted to touch base on was was the music if you watch any english american film you're going to be getting a lot of music consistently throughout or at least like noise i think it's been it's been like studied that when watching something more than like certain amount of seconds, like seven seconds of silence for Americans makes it feel uncomfortable when the rest of the world is a lot more prevalent to accepting a movie that has these large amounts of silence. As an example, Spirited Away, the anime film, in English, it has a lot more music that's added to it because Disney felt like it would be uncomfortable for children to watch a movie that didn't have constant music. And then if you watch it in Japanese, it doesn't. It has like a lot of the sound of the wind hitting the flag and rustling and things like that, which is like, you know, symbolic. And in this film, it did that as well. The Man from Nowhere, there was a lot of moments where there was just like silence and you just kind of like felt the tension as he went through. They they saved the moments for music for very specific climactic events that were worth the music that was presented. But overall, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a great recommendation. So I enjoyed the fight scenes in here and it reminded me of, you know, fight scenes in anime. And I don't think I've seen any fight scenes in anime that were like what this movie was able to present. So Jordan, what what's some of your favorite fight scenes in anime? And what do you think about this movie? Some of the, the better fight scenes normally involve like powers and you know outside things other than just straight strength unless you're talking about something like baki or fist of the north star or something like that it's it's for me it's hard to come up with something i'd have to sit actually think deliberately on different fight scenes from different series and which ones use you know power-ups and you know just different things like that now what about um as far as like a a fight scene that's that's filled with martial arts did you watch god of high school yes yes that was probably one of my favorite like animated martial art style animes that i thought they did an incredible job with like the martial arts and that i think that that's important in some of these fight scenes and not just like you know clashing a fist to show how powerful somebody is yeah i mean there's a lot of different series like i said that don't involve you know somebody having some type of power or you know some special ability or things like that like for example megalobox he's actually you know they're boxing they're fighting cowboy bebop they're doing you know regular fighting shooting using weapons you know nine going days it's i guess kind of similar it deals with you know illegal activity and games and and fighting and stuff like that but yeah i would have to like sit and think to figure out a couple other ones. I feel you. 
I think 91 days is a is a good one to to kind of get a good feel for the style of action that this presented because there was a lot of spraying blood in this film and you know in the one of the final fight scenes there was literally in a, a bloodbath you know <laughs> and 91 days I remember having some pretty brutal scenes and it was more realistic fights mm. and not not mega powers but uh but yeah about the uh, about the movie what'd you think yeah, my my thought was it it reminded me of John Wick just from the I don't want to say shady, but the the mysterious nature of the main character and the fact that he had these strengths and could fight and you know earlier in the movie when the whatever the Korean gang members are called you know ended up getting him involved in it due to the the girl's mom the guy did something that would have warranted a natural reaction from a normal person except this main character being trained the way he is and being used to certain things did not give that reaction and he noticed this so from that point on i guess he was interested in in this guy for you know a decent fight because that was his thing he he liked you know to fight and have a challenge yeah he wanted he wanted a decent competition with somebody and nobody has been up to par and i guess he saw potential in this character and they did end up sparring and there was a winner one thing i did oh wanted to add this so a lot of these movies right why is it that you have the the bad guy character interested in fighting the main character but he sends his you know 50 to 100 goons out there to fight the dude first and then wants to square up with him after he's already beat all of them what type of you're in it fight this guy for a good competition why do you want to fight him after he's been you know going at it with 50 other people first you know he's not going to be at 100 percent and a lot of these people Mm -hmm. end up still getting their ass beat after he already jumped (laughs) all your goons so it's like if he's at a hundred percent, you wouldn't even been. It would have been like a two second fight. It would have been like taken where he was just dropping people left and right the second he walked in the room. <laughs> I mean, he was though. Yeah, like instant, instant knockout for everybody. You were getting shot. Your neck was broke. He cut your throat. Something within the first few seconds of him like coming in contact with you. I want to comment on that last fight scene and get y'all's opinion on some things. So that last fight scene was pretty brutal. He cut up and beat up a lot of people. Do you have a a favorite moment from that scene? Because I do. Well, just him going berserk pretty much after the vial was destroyed. So, yeah, I mean, and then the whole scene itself pretty much. Maybe we should get Nesbitt to tell his part and then do spoilers because that's getting into details. So we should let Nesbitt do his little review. I, I wasn't sure if we were still doing that since we kind of just kind of just yeah, jumped head going. first into it. I didn't know if we had just stopped doing summaries or whatnot. But I, like I said, since we've already kind of dug into everything, it's kind of circus right now. But so essentially, <laughs> I'll just I'll just be short. The film was good. Logically, there were some things I didn't understand, but you know, it's an action movie, so like I kind of I kind of let it go. There were some scenes that were definitely funny that I know weren't supposed to be funny, but you know, just and like I said. 
I think we talked about this earlier. I don't know if it was intentional or not, but they were definitely funny. I think one of the things that I enjoyed the most was when the third act started, when he cut his hair. That was some pretty big symbolism as far as like, you know, he always kind of hid away from someone. His hair was always ruffled. You couldn't see his eyes. And then when he cut his hair, you know, you, you knew that was the change that he needed. Like the girl inspired him to change himself, hence the haircut. You know, I really enjoyed that. I really enjoyed the fight scenes. It reminded me a lot of the raid, which if you haven't, go check that out. Actually, in the raid too, there's a, there's a very similar scene to that. There's a, there's a gentleman that looks just like the guy that he fights in this movie. He even uses the same exact type of knife. So it reminded me a lot of the raid. So I, I, I really enjoy that. And to answer Anthony's question, this might be a weird comparison, but the fights kind of reminded me a lot of Jujutsu Kaisen in the fact that they they were hard hitting. Jujutsu Kaisen's animated very well, like a lot of the fight scenes, especially I don't well, I don't want to spoil Jujutsu Kaisen, especially later, like when the tournament arc starts. There's some pretty intense fighting that goes on. And even at the end of that anime, there's some really good fights. So that's what kind of reminded me of. And, and John Wick, you know, Jordan made the the note of John Wick. I, it kind of reminded me a lot of that, too. But like like I said, as far as the comedy stuff goes, so one thing that tripped me up that I literally had to pause the movie is so it's Korean people who have a translator to speak to Chinese guys. But then the Chinese guy, when he's on the phone, he's speaking English. I'm like, what is going on? Why are you <laughs> speaking English and it's Chinese and Korean people and no one else is speaking English but this dude? So I'm like, what is even going on? So just like stuff like that just had me rolling. And the dude with one of the evil brothers, I guess the the more flamboyant one with the JoJo haircut, he had me cracking up the whole time too. So just like some of the faces and stuff he made. But yeah, no, overall, it's a great movie. I would definitely recommend watching it. Like I said, for me, some of the sentimental value at the end, it's still there. But the comedy kind of messed that immersion up for me, where it's like, I felt happy for him and the girl, but like the comedy just kind of ruined that for me a little bit. Really? But it didn't completely ruin it, but it's kind of like, it's hard for me to take a a sassy series if I was just laughing two minutes ago. So Uh, overall, though, I I did really enjoy the movie and I would recommend it as well. The comedy scenes, one one of the characters that I've got to call out is the like sidekick cop character. This dude was an absolute trip. Like With the puffer every scene, jacket? Yeah, every scene that this dude was in, he was making some crazy-ass face and, like, tiptoeing around like he's some Scooby-Doo character. Like, he was more animated than anybody else <laughs> in that. Like, it was, he was, he stood out. Every scene that he was in, I was, I was smiling, at least. I was like, this, what the hell is this guy doing? Yeah, I mean, that's what I like about these movies is that they have those, like, comedic characters that just like either oblivious to what's actually going on and then their superior has to put them in check but it flows well at least to me it flows well because they're supposed to be that idiot who isn't in power that's why they're down there and doing all the the leg work but they're still somewhat useful and then you have the actual serious people who are a threat in some movies they are some they get bitched around and it's just a a good mix of all sorts of different i guess you would say anime personas where there's like the scrubs and then the op people and your middleman on that same character anthony was talking about he had one of the best lines in the movie where the guy asked him who are you and he tells him he was jesus and then what happened after that when he was talking to the dude in the wheelchair oh shit he was, yes. and he was like who are you supposed to be and he was he, you know he was like i'm jesus and then yeah so that oh, i forgot about that yeah that that opening scene this guy walk or like rolls in through the airport in a wheelchair and these cops came running through and 
jump and drop kick him in the chest and knock him out of the wheelchair <laughs> in the middle of an airport dude you know what i would have done if i saw that happen i would have lost Holy it shit. <laughs> it's just like oh, this is regular you know nothing to, nothing to see here he came up dressed as police. This just looked like a regular guy drop kicking yeah. someone in a wheelchair. Yeah. I will say, like, the cops in this, you gotta put some respect on the cops' name. In most, like, movies, cops are just, like, bumbling idiots, but these dudes was always rolling deep. Always. It's like, like, when the cops showed up, there was always, like, 30 of them. Like, these boys was rolling. Yeah, there was never a moment where it's just, like, they're nearby. Oh, I'm close by. I'll get there first. And then one cop rolls in and just gets murked. No, every time that they were like, someone walked off camera and then you knew that they called the police. It didn't even show it. And then the next cut, it's just like 30 police cars surrounding the entire building, blocking off every exit, running up the stairs in sync to, with each other. See, that's the thing. These weren't American cops. Oh, damn. <laughs> just saying. I will say one thing, and I'm going to nitpick a little bit because if there's not much, if there's not much to nitpick, then I'm going to find something. One one thing that I didn't like, I will say, and like I said, this is not a big thing, is so with this whole. Obviously, we knew this guy was something. Like the guy, like he obviously has martial arts skill. He's like very talented. For me, especially when it comes to film, a lot of times, like when they revealed what it, I, I don't know if someone already spoiled it, but when they revealed why he's so skilled, instead of them just like saying it. I would have liked to seen it. You know, I'm always about, you know, show, don't tell. So like they're showing the training. Right. Like, like maybe like like, flashbacks. E- e- okay. So I, so personally, I think sometimes if you use it right, flashbacks are good. Sometimes I think it's, it's, it's a cop out, but I'm not going to get into that discussion, but hmm. even flashbacks are fine. Like, I feel like they sometimes should show it instead of tell it. What I think would be a reasoning for it is I feel like the reason that they didn't show his background and then what they did instead was show the detective work of the police finding out who he was and what he was. So it kind of put the work on them instead of kind of like digging more in it behind of what he actually, where he actually came from and like what he actually did, because in that case it would be doing like a flashback of him. And the only flashback they showed was of, you know, the, the one person he cared about prior to this movie starting. Right. And so my so I, I agree with you, but my only rebuttal to that is is like they did like a nineties hacking mode. They like they, they did a montage. Right. That's yeah. how they figured out who he was. Whereas like if if they'd have like, okay, maybe go through his house and there's a clue there and then you know they go to the pawn shop, there's another clue there. Like if they if it had gone like that way, like I would hundred percent agree with you, that'd have been perfect. But it's just like they just did the ni- the nineties hacking thing and I'm just like Oh, let's just go hack, you know, this government agency and we can find out who he is instead of like, you know, there being clues around who he actually was. Maybe like, you know, a lot of times what you see in movies, it'll it'll be like newspaper articles or stuff like that. And then that leads to another clue. And then maybe there's like, you know, they go to the train station and there's a there's a locker that he owns and they find another clue. And, you know, like I said, it's not meant to be an Oscar movie. Like I said, it's a really good movie. and I'm only nitpicking because, you know, I I if I can't find anything, I, I try to, you know. And it was still 2010. So yeah, speaking of 2010, days. like them cell phones, like come on now, bro. Oh, all of them had like the flip razor phones, bro. Hey, but they were high quality. That's what I'm saying. They know how to do the cell phone. No, 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 no. There. This man was in a hot tub with a cell phone. I was like, that razor should not be working right now. <laughs> <laughs> 
Hey, how do you know they don't already have waterproofing down to a T? Asia, they use those for some reason. They love flip phones, and they like you can go over there right now, and like sixty percent of the people are going to have like some old-looking flip phone with you know a little character hanging off the side of it. The charms with the charms. Yeah. But it's still up to date. There's been anime that's come out in the past couple of years where, like, that's still a thing in the animation. Like, it's taking place in, like, current day or what what have you. And they still have the, the flip phones with the charms. On. All right, then. So, back to Anthony's question about element from the final fight scene would be... Okay, so me and Jordan watched the first Taken. If you haven't seen the original version of that, yeah, you you missed out on too much good shit. When he says the original version, the original overseas movie, not what they played in theaters over here. It would be, I guess, even the unedited version they released here doesn't show everything from the European release. Yeah, so fight scenes in that are comparable to the ones in here. And like that knife that uh, he used is the, what, dang it, I can't remember. They just know how to use bladed weapons in these international films. So at the very end of that fight scene where he finished off the head goon and he used his head instead of over here doing a tug of war with him, he bit his hand to give him leverage to put his knife in his chest like out of the blue or just on on the spot thinking. And I've never seen, like you know, combat like that. It's always some outside source or something that distracts either the hero or the villain and then they use that split moment of distraction to win over the other but in this he used his brain or his you know well-trained combat efficiency to just you know outplay him and that was really cool just that little simple thing to finish the guy off just to interject real quick a lot of times foreign movies they'll use various weapons and knives a lot because they don't have the lax gun laws that we have over here so you can't just go buy a pistol or have a rifle like there was the part in the movie where they were surprised that he had a legitimate gun and were like where'd he get the gun from because Mm -hmm. they can't just get guns you know the police have them but like all the goons had bats and chains and knives like nobody had a pistol except like a couple of the higher gang members and i don't even i think it was only like one person had one well, it was the, you know, the hitman of the squad. He had a suppressor as well. So it's yeah, pretty much just him. The one, the one guy. And everybody and the else in the movie, knives, chains, bats. So when he came with the with the pistol, it was over. Yeah. The cops had, like, janky-ass shit from the 1970s. Little six-shooter, short snub, or whatever. That's That's the extent of their arsenal. They were even lacking. Yep. I will say another another spoiler since we've kind of in that territory. You guys can disagree with me, but I understand that we wouldn't have had a movie without it. But like literally, the mom calls all of this. I mean, I'm just putting that out there. Oh yeah, her and the, and the, the boyfriend who decided to come up with their little scheme to do what they did. Yeah, caused the whole movie. <laughs> they were down bad, even though she was a stripper. I don't know. Motherfuckers must not be ta- tossing ones out like that. Oh, I didn't think she was stripping. She was just dancing at that at that club. Hmm. So she must not have been pulling numbers like that, like everybody else. Then she tried to like guilt the main guy into going out with her at the beginning. Yeah, that was like, and then got mad when he was like, "Nah, I'm good." 
sat there and talked all that trash about him. Then want to try to get at him. <laughs> so what was your, your, your scene, Anthony? So I really enjoyed the levels of despair that you see him go through. Like he feels like it's already close to losing her when he's arriving. And then when he sees the eyes and believes that she's dead at that point, you could see something in him snap. And then you just saw him escalate to like that next level. And that's when the one-on-one fight took place. And I don't think the fight would have happened the way that it did if he thought she was still alive. And so, well, see, I think, like, like you said, he there was a an escalation moment where he saw that and he snapped and he murked that whole room. And then there was another level when he went to go pick up the eyes and dude shot the thing and they just like flew out on the floor. And that was like an extra, that, that extra over the top that gave him enough energy to go deal with this dude and his little funky knife. All right, Nesbitt, what did you enjoy action scene wise? Yeah, like I said, so I really enjoyed the knife fight. Just him murking people. Like I said, the fights reminded me a lot of the raid. If you haven't watched the raid, I arguably will say, as far as recent generations, those two films, the raid and the raid two, some of the best martial art films out there right now. I will die on that hill. But it reminds me a lot of those fights, especially martial art movies. Like I understand the weapon thing, but I hate people have guns. Like that dude was like, I want to fight this man, but then he like pulls out a pistol when they were in the bathroom and stuff. I was like, Yo, that's some that's some punk stuff, bro. Like you supposed to be you supposed yeah. to be nasty. You got that knife, but then you pull out a gun and you trying to just shoot. Like, come on now. But no, I like I said, I I enjoyed the movie. It, it reminded me, I think you know, and I talked about this before we started recording. Like it reminded me a lot of Leon the Professional. So I'm showing my age now, but. <laughs> you haven't watched that movie? Check it out. <laughs> there's, there's a lot of similarities to it. Damn. So no, I I really I really enjoyed I really enjoyed the movie. I, I would have to watch it again. And for something for me, just real quick, it, it's a bad habit as someone who's like a film person. Like so, every time I watch a movie for the first time, normally I turn my brain off and I just watch it just just to enjoy. And then the second time I go watch it, since I'm not experiencing it for the first time, I'm actually looking for stuff. Like I do that. Especially when I worked at the movie theater and I got free movie tickets. I used to do this all the time. I'd watch certain movies twice. You know, the first time it's just turn my brain off. If it's dumb fun, I'm going to enjoy it. I watch the second time. Then I kind of deep dive more since I'm not, since I I can look for more things now. And if I miss something, I'm not like, oh crap, let me go back and rewind it. I'm pinpointing at that point. So that's just always how I look at film. So there's probably something that I missed this first go around that I, I would catch in the second one. I think I think you got a good point and I I agree with you like I I enjoy to be immersed within the story and lost within it and just be entertained throughout. If you go into something for the first time without knowing anything about it and try to analyze every scene, you don't get that say like you've you've got to watch it as intended first before you go back and try to analyze and I agree with that. A lot of people try to try to break it down before they even finish it or before they move on to the next scene even like the like so movie reviewers that like watch these big films and like they only get one shot at it like i don't know how they come up with all these details and stuff like i'm just like man i wasn't paying attention to any of that i was just enjoying that i was just enjoying the film as is yep trying to yeah and the like the the little bit of symbolism that they put throughout like you talked about like him cutting his hair and stuff like that i also kind of link that symbolism back to where like the last time he cared about somebody, you know, he had short hair and that small flashback that it showed. 
And then, oh, you know, he cleaned himself he, up. He cleaned himself up to go back because he's kind of reverting back and not be as cold hearted as he had been since he lost that specific somebody. And, you know, he now he he kind of has that motivation again. You know, he's he's sorry that he treated her poorly at the beginning. And, you know, he he has that that change of heart. But I think those kind of those kind of things, that symbolism that they add in those kind of like elements, you don't it's it's hard to catch those things on a first view. But like the second time you walk or after you read something and you go back and see it, I feel like those small things like add an element of great, great, great amount of detail that isn't necessary, but it's it's something that the writers or the directors, whoever makes that decision, <laughs> you know, I think that's that kind of stuff's important. I like it. I enjoy it. Yeah. So when you were saying Nesbitt you, the, about the raid, that's why I was saying I was getting more interested in these movies. I can't really tell or I just didn't deep dive into who's directing them. But they also like they use the those these same guys in some of these movies. Cause like I said, the kill zone movies, they use that guy, the old the other protectors you asked me about the other day, and some of the other movies that I want to recommend, like they always show up as one of the subordinates. But it's like a better I guess you could say, because it's funny, it's a better role. So yeah, talking about showing age, like if you watch the old Arnold movies like Commando or, of course, Die Hard 1, there's this specific long-haired Mongolian because I've seen Die Hard too many times and I actually looked into it. This guy, is, he's got long black hair. He's always one of the henchmen, like the just a little side gunman, kind of like Danny Trejo in some of those action movies. But he's always just that guy that's either shooting or getting shot. And I'm like, what the hell is this guy's life right now? So, yeah, it's pretty interesting. So I, I will say, you know, this is, this is actually a pretty good segue. So obviously we watched, you know, a martial. I don't know if you guys would consider more action or a martial arts film. I would say it's martial arts. So in honor of that, you know, Shang-Chi is coming out tomorrow. I haven't really heard too much hype about that, but hmm. it is coming out tomorrow. I'll go ahead and go first. Give you guys a couple of minutes to maybe look or think about it. What are your top five martial arts films? Like I said, I'll go I didn't ahead. know it was that soon. Yeah. Like I said, I'll go ahead and give you guys a couple of minutes to look that up. I'll try to go slow. So obviously, the first one I talked about, The Raid, is is, is The Raid and The Raid 2. Really good movie. I, I love that movie. One of the few martial arts movies on this list that I actually own. Well, at least anymore. Hmm. And then obviously after that, and this is in no particular order. And so I put The Raid in The Raid 2, even though, you know, those are two separate movies. I consider that one. Uh, next, of course, classic Bruce Lee, Game of Death, you know, Yellow Track Suit all day every day you know what's what's martial arts about bruce lee and jeet kundu definitely one of my favorite films you know I, I try to watch that yearly bruce lee inspired so many other martial artists to get into the game he obviously he's not the only one that inspired but definitely you know is up there of course uh after that drunken master i know the jackie chan fave the best jackie chan movie that's super debatable i've always liked drunken master i love jackie chan but drunken master is always my favorite martial arts style drunken master 2 and Naruto, when Rock Lee does Drunken Master style, when he's fighting Kimimaru, like I've always, I don't know why, I've always loved Drunken Master style. So that's always been one of my favorite movies. Fist of Legend with Jet Li, another another classic. Hmm. I've always loved that movie as well. Just, you know, it, it's classic Jackie, classic Jet. And then, you know, obviously, last but not least, IP Man. You know, got to get the got to get the yen stir in there as well. Donnie Yen. I think there's like four of those. I haven't watched the newer ones, but OG IP Man, always love it. So, like I said, you guys top five or top three, whatever one you want to do, I guess I'll, I'll give it over to Jordan. I have a question real quick. Is it IP man or it man? It's it man, but I say IP. 
Yeah. Okay, I I just I, I'm not like fully familiar with it, so I just wasn't positive. It's it's, it's it, man. But I say okay. I mean. hmm. So top five. I'm not as well versed in these movies as the others, but I'll do my best. So <laughs> was it the the one with Jet Li? You got the one that you you gave down there with Jackie Chan in the yellow jumpsuit. What was that called? The one where he's like on the, the scaffolding of the building and he's trying to protect that girl. He gets into like a taxi cab chase scene. He's fighting the people like on the side of the building. He's wearing a fucking yellow like windbreaker jumpsuit. It's one of the police story movies or it's in Jackie Chan's first strike. It's one of those but I haven't seen those movies in a while, so don't get on me, listeners. But I've seen those shits way too many times uh, on uh, HBO, and this was like 10 plus years ago. But anyways, continue, Jordan. Well, see, now y'all fucked me up. I can't remember. <laughs> what was that, two two movies? Yes, it was two. If you don't have five, that's fine. Like I said, like you do three or four. There's other Jet Li movies that are real old, and I just don't know the name of them, where he's like trying to protect his dojo from, I think it was the Japanese people coming in. Oh, that movie. That shit is sick. That's Fist of Legend. That's, yeah, that's the one I read. That's the one I said that was one of my favorites. And he had to fight the general? Yep, that's Fist of Legend. Yes, 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 yes. Just to, just to give a title to the Jackie Chan one, it seems like it's called Jackie Chan's First Strike. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's wearing the yellow suit. It's got a little jacket and everything. But yeah, that's that's the Jackie Chan one. This is as easy as you would think. I mean, there's there's several. I mean, obviously, oh, there's a lot. Bruce Leroy. <laughs> Show enough. What, 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 what's the name of that one again? Enter the Dragon. Not Enter the Dragon. It's like Enter the Dragon, but it's, it's, it's something dragon. Because Enter the Dragon is Bruce Leroy. This, I got to look up all this stuff. The Last Dragon. Yo, there you go. That one has some good some good scenes in it. But just like the classics, I can't come up with, you know, five. Jackie Chan Adventures, the cartoon, you know? I don't know. <laughs> Holy shit. He's going to say The Matrix next. Damn it. No, I wouldn't say that. I didn't really care for The I'm Matrix. Fucking... All right, so we're going to go ahead and go to me. So I, <laughs> I, you ruined it. Because I was, all right, so my whole thing is I used to love watching old school martial arts films like Jackie Chan films and Jet Li and stuff like that. I I grew up watching some Bruce Lee stuff and The Crow was like one of the first things that kind of got me into Bruce Lee because I didn't know anything about Bruce Lee at when The Crow come out like 98. So I was like 10 years old at that point. But that was one of my favorites at the at the time was The Crow. And that's not really a martial arts film. But regardless, that's kind of led me down the path of martial arts films. So just so just for that, so so you you got into Bruce Lee from his son because you know Brandon Lee is is in that movie. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm I sorry. I didn't. I, I I think I made the correlation in my head and might not have said it out loud, but yes, because Brandon Lee led me down the path of Bruce Lee to know more about it and like seeing how iconic Bruce Lee was like growing up. I didn't really like understand until I started watching some of those movies. But my favorite Jackie Chan movie is got to be rumble in the Bronx. If you haven't seen that one, that's that one is just like, there's so many cool moments in that movie. And I just remember so many cool things. 
one of my favorite things about Jackie Chan's movies is after, at the credits, it shows all the like stunts, the stunts, like Jackie Chan does all of his own stunts. And like, he hurts himself on the set, like in every movie because he's crazy as hell. And like, there's one part <laughs> where he jumps off a bridge onto a moving boat. What's the, uh, uh, like the big shipping containers or whatever. He jumps off a bridge, lands on this big boat and then like rolls and like twists his ankle. So in the whole rest of the movie in Rumble of the Bronx, he's actually wearing like a, a mm-hmm. taped up ankle that is made to look like his sneaker. And if <laughs> yep. you, after watching that, if you go back and look, you could actually tell like in some of those scenes. Shit's cool. But Brandon ruined it. I was going to say The Matrix. A lot of oh. my favorite stuff is more current day. I, I mean, The Matrix isn't really current day, but it was groundbreaking for its time. But yeah, I, as far as like martial arts films, like I felt like The Matrix was a, you know, if you're talking about like, the Chinese, Chinese martial arts films, they're flying in the sky and doing all kinds of stuff. Oh, yeah. And it's, consider that in the same context, right? Would you consider those kind of? It is. Oh, uh, yeah, it is because it's over the top and crazy and shit like that. It's just a different time period. Literally, that's what's separating them. It's in what early 2000s or then it's what? Fuck, what is that? I don't know. The fucking Dan age or woo and shit like that. The woo age and stuff. But they're doing the same acrobatics and crazy maneuvers. From limb to limb in those old movies like that, I'm changing the channel. Man, you a bum. That's <laughs> it. Fake, cheesy looking. That's not the point of it, man. That's just the theatrics. It's just, yeah. They'll do that and then exchange like one blow between each other as they're jumping from one tree to the next tree. And it's not like this is supposed to be a martial arts fight. I'm not watching a, you know, ballet. That's, that's also behind it too. It's it's about yeah. I get that's what they're going for, and that's just not, yeah. it's like how they do some of the sword, like the sword fighting in real life is just it's art. That's why they do that. They they just twist it a little bit more. But the whole thing, I don't know. They the way they do the sword play, that's actually like they didn't do it in combat, but it is also a you know like performance wise, it, it was revered when you're in front of the emperor and stuff, and they still do that in like a theater setting. So they were just blending the two, but still, it's more so in the movie combat, and motherfuckers are getting murked because someone's footwork in sword play is better. Yeah, it's less gritty. So, like, you know, another example would be during the American Revolution, the British, you know, did war properly. Like, meet us on the field. You bring your guys, I bring my guys. But then America, we just fought gritty and used guerrilla tactics. So it's kind of the same. Even though it's still fighting, it's like the proper version of fighting, like a gentleman's fight. Here's one to add to my list. I don't think I gave five. Throw Undisputed in there. It's a good one. So next on my list, I got to put a Jet Li one in there. It's probably not one you guys would think of, though. Romeo Must Die. Okay. You know, I watched both of those shits like last month. I actually did too. I watched and I watched the one. I had to watch all three of them. Actually, that I haven't watched Cradle to the Grave. Yes, yeah, all three of them: Cradle to the Grave, the one, and Romeo Must Die. And that's like I said, the same director. They use these actors. That's why I pick up on this shit's. It's fun or entertaining, I should say. So I'm gonna throw two more out there. One Mortal Kombat. Wait, original, original. VHS? The VHS one, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we all grew up playing Mortal Kombat. Like, we, when that movie came out, it was hype. Like, I watched that movie, I don't know how many times when, when mm-hmm. we were younger. Loved it. Last, I'm surprised nobody else said this. Kill Bill. I thought about it, but all the, the fake blood spewing and... I love that shit, though, this man. This motherfucker. 
I love that shit. Dude, Tarantino is just, I mean, like, if you're not into a Tarantino style film, then maybe that's just, you know, it's just not your style. But like, I felt like he brought his Tarantino gory shit so well into martial arts and swordplay and stuff. It wasn't even like gory like that. It was it was what so do you mean? That it was fake. Like it was it was, it was so, it was phony looking. Like oh. it was it's like she cut somebody's arm off and they opened a fire hydrant of blood. Yes. It's just, it's nah, there's nothing gory about that. This shit just looks super fake. I mean that's that's fair, but it's part not supposed. The, yeah, it's not supposed. It's part of the, the, the aesthetic. Yeah, it's exactly. Not, yeah, it's not supposed to look real. I mean, they do that same shit in anime, and that's why I thought like Kill Bill would make an amazing anime. First of all, this shit would be dope as hell. I'd watch that. Yeah. Well, I mean, you already remember in the first one when they were going off of. I can't remember the actress's name for the Asian, you know, lady. She's in damn Charlie's Angels and shit. Lucy Liu? Lucy, yeah, there you go. That's what I'm saying. She hasn't been doing... I remember Maggie Q, but I can't remember. Anyways, her little backstory was that whole animated thing, so they can definitely do it. They can hire whoever the fuck did that and make a movie. That shit was brutal. Yeah, but like... It actually worked for that little animated part. Segment. That's Mm -hmm. kind of what it was trying to do. Like, it's not trying to be like, look, if you cut somebody's arm off right here, then blood's just going to come out and they'll pass out within the first few minutes because of blood loss and shock. No, like, that's not what they're going to do. Obviously, it's not real. They cut the the arm off and it's dramatics. It shoots blood across the room and sprays 45 feet in a (laughs) 45 degree angle. And it's six gallons of blood that comes gushing out. Of course, it's not realistic. I get that. But that shit's... Cool. The whole thing is, that's why he's so good of a director. I mean, there's people who say blah, blah, but the whole thing is, the reason he did that is it's a nod back to the old movies. So that's how those old movies like Ichi and what The Blind Samurai and I, I watched what Lady Snowblood recently. And that's how those Japanese directors did those films back in the day, because that's pretty much, I don't know, the, the, the only, you know, special effects they could work with. So when Lady Snowbullet was chopping people up, there was blood shooting all over the screen. The camera was getting fucking covered. They had to, like, cut and, you know, wipe that shit off. So that's what he's doing is a nod back to those old, old movies that came straight from Japan with all those crazy over-the-top death scenes and dismemberment scenes and stuff. So Tarantino knows what he's doing. So I'm saying it's not out of the blue is what I'm explaining. So how many of y'all have been the kung fu parody movie kung pao yeah yeah all right i've seen it but i remember kung fu hustle more but i've seen kung it. fu hustle is my joint though kung pao is funny to a degree kung pao was just stupid funny not in a good <laughs> way. it was just so stupid but it was actually funny in some parts yeah Kung Fu Hustle was was my joint though. I I love this one. This was a it was it was actually on my honorable mentions list. I just didn't put it on there because it's more focused towards the comedy of it. Okay. Yeah, it 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 it, it was definitely on my list of of things to say. I, I I really enjoy that movie. Well, before we go to Brandon, so let me ask you this. You and I, I'm glad you made that point. So, do you consider Rush Hour a martial arts movie? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, Jackie Chan did all of his own stunts in the thing. I mean, ja- Jackie Chan is a martial artist, and he showed off his martial arts skills in Rush Hour. I would absolutely. Yeah. Okay. I saw. I saw where like when you search it, is some people call it a martial arts comedy, and 
And I guess I didn't know if you guys felt that it was more of a comedy or more like a martial arts movie. Well, it, you know, Kung it's Pao. It's a hybrid, I guess. Yeah, but Kung Pao is like a comedy that's wrapped around in martial arts aesthetics. Kung Fu Hustle is a comedy wrapped up in actual martial arts. And then Rush Hour is just a, a good combination of both. Like, I feel like it delivers. It's not taking itself too seriously on one side or the other. Yeah, it's not like the fight scenes were to be made fun of. Like you said, a good mix of both. I think I honestly think that that was like the first kung fu or martial arts movie that I ever watched that had like that perfect element of comedy and action. Like I don't remember like an actual martial arts movie prior to that sparked. I would say because all right, I'll go into my list because I went back into these movies. So most of my suggestions or i mean favorites are jackie chan so with rush hour it would be because tucker is really good comedic and then jackie chan knows how to do both that and the martial arts so that just put it over the top as a really good movie but all most of jackie chan's original movies had that same comedic thing in it because one of my favorites is meals on wheels so instead of, yeah, it's confusing because you're usually hearing wheels on meals. Wait, no, fuck. See, it, it got me. It got me. It's wheels on meals instead of meals on wheels. I'm like, what is this? And it's really freaking good. So that one's one of my top favorites. And then the original on Buck would be mine because that whole knee to the motorcycle helmet got me in the movie. And Tony Jones just murking people. And then third would be another Jackie Chan, the police story one, well, actually the whole series. And then fourth would be, is it Twin Dragons? Yes, Twin Dragons, not Double Dragons, where he uh, played himself as a twin. They were twins. And one was a ragtag little in the streets guy, street knowledge. He knew what he, what he was doing in the streets. And then the twin was like all educated, really smart, and really good at piano. And they were separated at birth. That one's a really good one. And then the last, if I'm not messing up my math, see, I can't remember the name, but it's another one that has Sammo Hung, the same guy I said, and Jackie Chan. And they fight Benny, who's also a really good martial artist. It's a white guy that's on the same level as Chuck Norris back in the day where they took martial arts very seriously and they gave Jackie Chan and the crew a run for their money. But I'm going to have to look that movie up for you guys. But yeah, those they're, they're classics. I think it's a shame that nobody mentioned a Jean-Claude Van Damme film. See, that's the thing. I need to watch those a bit more. I just said the same exact movie. So that movie I said at last, that is Wheel of Meals. That's who they fight at the end. So I have to come up with my fourth one. Because they blend together because it's literally they're in the same movie together so many times. These three actors and also that Benny guy I mentioned is in a second movie with them and they're fighting in a like a heroin, what's it called, factory distribution thing that they're, you know, trying to shut down Jackie Chan and the boys. That sounds familiar. See, my issue with all these, you know, kung fu action movies is like once you've seen, you know, a few of them. For me, the titles of them get make up because they're you know, they're all. I'm not gonna say they're all doing the same thing because they are, but it's it's yeah, so many of them. And then if you go to look it up, they all look similar. If you're just looking at like screenshots 
So it's like you have to have a like a defining factor. Like just now when I tried to, you know, had to find the, the Jackie Chan movie, I literally typed in Jackie Chan movie yellow <laughs> jump scene and found it. But like if you just type in Jackie Chan action movie, there's like a hundred of them. And I'm sure they're all great. <laughs> yeah. To wrap it up, so do you guys plan on watching Shang-Chi this weekend or at all? Is it in the theaters or are yes. they going to the streaming thing? It's a quote unquote experiment, so it's gonna be in theaters for forty five days and they're gonna put it on Disney Plus. I'll wait for Disney Plus. I'll go if you if all right, Nesbitt, if you want to, I will because I would like to see it from that first trailer I guess you shared to us. It's interesting enough to me. I'll watch it. Just go after the credits and watch the after credits scene and then leave. <laughs> Don't watch, don't watch the movie. Just watch the after credit scene. You'll be all right. Yeah, actually, uh, our, one of our friends, Roberts, he's actually he Snapchatted me a couple hours ago, so he's actually watching it right now. I told him to tell me if it was good or not. But I'm be honest, man. I saw that Spider Man trailer. I don't care about nothing else. Damn. Yeah, they, they kind of. It seems like they expected Shang Chi to not do as well, and went ahead and tossed out the Spider Man trailer. They already had Venom or Venom trailer was already out there. They've got the Eternals coming up. It's like they want to hurry up and. Just get this movie out and sweep it under the rug and keep moving. I think, you know, it's probably a, an intricate part of like the next grand scheme that's going to be moving forward in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But it doesn't seem like that they've advertised it nearly as much as they had previous movies. Like, I think Black Widow probably got more advertisement than Shang-Chi has. Have you all seen that? Black Widow. Yeah. It was on yeah. Max or whatever. No, it wasn't. Well, I have my sources. Anyways. I have my sources. <laughs> no, I haven't seen it yet either. Captain. Hmm. So so real quick, the I guess what is it? The first phase of Marvel had several, you know, good moves. You had first Iron Man. The I don't really like the first Captain America movie, but I did go see it. You had Ant Man, Guardians of the Galaxy, Thor. So out of those those first few of them, I'd say I never watched Ant Man until after Infinity War, the first Ant Man. Yep, same. I didn't watch yep. that until after Infinity War. Actually, I still haven't watched the first Ant Man. I watched the second one. I haven't watched the first one yet. <laughs> the second one was what actually showed me, like, okay, this is actually all right. And then you know when he came back up at the end of Infinity War, I was like, let me go ahead and watch this man's movie real quick. This part of Marvel's legacy, Shang-Chi might be the new Ant-Man where it'll just take a minute for people to, to watch it and, you know, think it's straight or something else will happen. And then people will be like, damn, let me go watch Shang-Chi. Not to be that guy, but the first phase actually ends at Avengers. So it's Iron Man, Incredible Hulk, Iron Man 2, Thor, Captain America, First Avenger, and then Avengers is the first phase. Ant-Man would murder that? No, because you remember we're on phase four now. Yeah, Ant-Man was part of the Civil War stuff once that started. That was probably Phase 3. So he phase, was Phase... No, it's Phase 2. Civil War is Phase 2? Yes, right? Oh, okay. Is it not? Uh-oh. I might be wrong. I don't know well enough. I don't know it well enough to say... Mm -hmm. uh, how about we just keep it at pre-Endgame and after-Endgame? <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. Yeah, that works. Like I, I think I think now since a lot of the major players are out, yes, I know they have X Men and Fantastic Four, but it's it's going to be interesting to see how things hold up, especially because Iron Man was like a B tier hero in the comics, and now he's like a lot of people's favorites. So, but we'll see, we'll see. 
I mean, I'm going to be real with you. Like, do you guys not feel superheroed out yet? Oh, like, definitely. That's kind of like the feel that I get. Like, I still like superheroes, but I'm just not as interested to like see the next big superhero movie. Like, I want different stuff now. Like, which is why Netflix is buying all the anime stuff. Mm. If the character is big enough, then I think it's definitely worth, you know, getting out there and seeing it, even if you're like, damn, another another superhero movie. I mean, I feel that way about fucking Netflix killing all these animes and doing live action. Like, somebody take their money so they can stop doing this. At least with the superhero movies and Marvel and... I ain't gonna say too much about DC. But with the Marvel movies, at least, they're normally at least worth watching once. You know, so... Whether you watch it streaming or you go to the theater or you wait till I don't know, you can't really rent do you, do people still rent movies? Yeah, you saw you said you saw a red box or some shit. <laughs> yeah, but do I mean red box is like about a liquor store in, in the you know, the corners of yeah. the neighborhoods and stuff, you know, it's not like a, a highly trafficked area for regular people. Damn. <laughs> this one at the gas station. I mean there, there's one at my Walgreens, there's one at my public. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Y'all got different red boxes. The ones over here are outside, like the dollar store that people don't go to. <laughs> the they, I, There isn't one at any gas station over here. I will say, I think I saw one at Walgreens. I think there is one at like every Walgreens. That, they, they have a contract or something. Probably. But to get back on the topic, hero movies, superhero movies are at least worth watching most of the time. Netflix adaptations are not. <laughs> So, Nesbitt, do you have a, uh, a recommendation for something for all of us to watch for next week? So, originally, I was going to do a game. So, the recommendation that I came up with, I don't know if you guys have already watched it. I've mentioned it before. It's the saga of Tanya the Evil. I don't know if you guys watched that. I don't know that one. Okay. So, that would be my recommendation. I'm going to give you guys a proper name, but it, it's super good. Like, I randomly watched it. Like, there's a YouTuber I follow. I described his Patreon and he watched it and I watched it long. I was like, yo, this this is pretty good. Like I said before in a previous episode, I'm an uh, I'm an Isekai trash main, so it's another Isekai, but it's got a little spin on it though. Okay. So it's really good. The saga of Tanya the Evil, I think, is the name. I might yeah, be wrong on that. But... Also, oh, it also has a okay, yeah. Twelve yeah, episodes. Yeah, has a movie. Yeah, twelve episodes also has a movie. So that's gonna be my recommendation. Is the movie necessary? No. Okay. So it's on right. what Funimation, Crunchyroll? What are we? It looks like it's on both. Yeah. I actually watched it off of Patreon because I was watching along. So I can't tell you off the top of my head where it is because I was watching it through Patreon. So you watched all 12? Yes. And it's straight? Yeah. I really is. I really enjoyed it. Okay. I mean, I've had, I had it in my queue back when it came out. And that initial like poster for it put me off. But since that's what <laughs> it we're did, watching, it, 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 did, we're watching it, it did the same to me. It did the same thing, but once I actually got in and watched, I was like, it's pretty sick. Because you don't see too many isekais of like, you know, World War II stuff. So like hmm. World War stuff. Look at it as that's the they did a bad camera angle. <laughs> or uh, <laughs> the character doesn't actually look like that, which is good to know. Yeah, no, I so that's gonna be my recommendation. And I'm saying this, I don't say I don't think it's gonna happen, but there is rumor of us playing a game tomorrow. Um, so we might post that video if we can actually make a video. If we if we do it through Steam. One of us can easily live stream it on Twitch, but if we do it live, it might be a little bit harder for us to get that video, but we'll see. Uh, we'll do our best. Yeah. All right. Well, once again, I'm Brandon. Thank you for listening. Uh, you can follow me on my Twitch page, twitch.tv 
slash mono red sky i normally stream there every weekend sometimes i do stream during the week but i definitely try to at least do a stream of me getting triggered on apex during the weekend so you can definitely catch me there uh it's jordan if y'all have any recommendations for shows you want us to check out review movies games whatever we'll have a like a facebook twitch twitter uh, we're gonna have all that stuff up for y'all to like and follow etc hit us up let us know Crossing my fingers, I get to see fucking 007 before the year ends. We'll see about that. My MMO that I was looking forward to got pushed back to 2022, so Lost Ark was something I was really looking forward to. But they will have another beta for us, so hopefully, you know, we'll yeah. have to play somebody. Oh, and find me on Twitter, ant underscore mac1, twitch.tv slash Anthony. But uh, once again, this is Brandon. Uh, Thank you guys for listening to the No Filler Nerds, and we'll catch you guys in the next one.